This is Nadia from the Relativity Podcast and you're listening to Discussing Who. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and joining me on this podcast again, Mr. Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? I'm doing great, man. What's up? We we are back for another review. We are Doctor back Who. with another review, Doctor <laughs> Who, Captain Planet, and all the good things. But speaking of all the good things... The power things, is yours. I'm sorry. Thank you. I know. I appreciate it. But you know who... <laughs> Speaking of planet, because he's somewhere else on the planet and not here with us. Guess what? Lee's not with us. What are we going to do? Uh, we will soldier on, sir. Cool. Cool. <laughs> well, the good thing is about soldiering on, there's maybe a lone Cyberman soldier in our future, but we'll get to that in just a minute. And later in the episode, fear not for everyone listening, Lee will be joining us remotely via audio recording. So it's still welcoming back Lee Shackelford. And since he says a lot of time that he's grand, I'm saying I'm sure he's grand, just not here with us at this particular moment. Yeah, certainly. As of our recording date, of course, it's 2020 and it is February the 4th. So I wanted to give a nod because here in the States, this is officially February Black History Month. And Rosa Parks was born February the 4th, 1913. And of course, Doctor Who fans will remember set, excuse me, series 11, episode three was a episode entitled Rosa, and of course, our episode 128 of this very podcast featured our review of Rosa. So, in celebration of Rosa Parks' birthday, happy birthday. Yes, certainly, certainly. Happy birthday, Rosa. Awesome, awesome. Well, have a little bit of items for the news. Of course, that was an item for the news in itself, but we have another Apple podcast review. This one comes on January the 24th. 2020 from Susie J941. It's a five-star review that says, these guys are a complete joy. They entertain and educate the listener while enjoying the show we all love. The chemistry between the hosts deserves a standing ovation because it is utterly priceless. Brilliant podcast always. Oh, thank thank you, Susie J. Uh, hopefully, we won't let you down today. <laughs> as as uh, as we mentioned before, as we soldier on with the two of us. But yeah, uh, we just thank you for for giving us that review, and are glad that you guys are are feeling the show, feeling the love. So hey, thanks for being along for the ride. To you, you know, I have to say, and 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 I'm not joking here. This is really really true. I look forward to Tuesdays because, you know, of course, we're talking Doctor Who, but I really and truly do look forward to every Tuesday evening because ever since we've been doing this, pretty much Tuesday's been our day. I look forward to it. So I'm glad that it comes across as genuine, unique, because I do enjoy talking to you guys. Yeah, and when we have new Who going on television, you know, it makes it even better. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So so I have a question for you. How long do you think or do you see the current three companions staying? Do you think they will stay past Series 12 or do you think they won't? 
Hmm, funny you should say that, because one of my theories that I was going to bring up in this review is that I don't think Yaz is going to make it through this season. Really? I really don't. I really don't. Mm. Um, and and I guess I don't want to get into spoilers, but I'll bring it up a little bit later. But I think she's doing some things that seem a little more bold and out of character for her. And I just think she's not going to make it. Something's going to happen to her, man. All right. Well, I have another interesting piece of news, and this is not something that is saying, you know, this character or this actor has stated he is leaving Doctor Who, but Tonson Cole may be leaving Doctor Who because there is a new TV show that Deadline has reported it is an AMC series, and it is called 61st Street. It will star Tonson Cole in the lead role of Moses Johnson. He plays a promising high school athlete with a bright future who's accused of murdering a police officer during a drug bust gone wrong. Interesting. And it goes on to say, swept up in the infamously corrupt Chicago criminal justice system, Moses's case is taken up by an aging public defender by the name of Franklin Roberts. And this is played by American Crime Stories' Courtney B. Vance, who sees this as his chance to finally challenge the institutional racism at the heart of the judicial system. Hmm. Interesting. So this is an AMC show. Correct. So usually AMC shows run pretty, pretty long runs with the exception of a few. I would, I would expect at least what 15, 20 episodes, don't you think? Yeah, I would think because that's about how many we get of From Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But I know they do have some that run much shorter, like Better Call Saul and maybe a few others. So I don't know. Um, it may be something he can shoot around Doctor Who, but man, this, if he's the lead actor for this show, uh, wow, uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. Congrats to him, of course. But on the flip of that, Doctor Who, because of what it is, is almost a, a full time encompassing job between the companion and the doctor role. Because when you're not shooting, a lot of times you're making public appearances. Yes, certainly. But I can see especially these past few seasons have been so stretched out. I can see there being some room for something if, you know, you have a pretty quick shoot schedule. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. This might spell the end for <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> yep. You know, and I do know that Jodie Whittaker has said that she is returning for Series 13. You know, that is pretty much confirmed. I think she said that to Entertainment Weekly. Chibnall, of course, has been said is coming back for series 13, mm -hmm. but nothing has been said about the three companions. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would hope all of them wouldn't go because I, I really like the trio, but you know, uh, at least keep a few of them on board for the next season. I'll be happy with that. Speaking of this season, we've got a title for series 12, episode number eight. And I hope I say this name correctly. It is called The Haunting of Villa Diodati. And this Villa Diodati is the name of the mansion in which Mary Shelley first came up with the concept of Frankenstein. Interesting. Interesting. Now, I know Lee would have a bunch of brilliant things to say about this, <laughs> but um, yeah, I find that really interesting. Uh, judging from the trailer uh, that we got. 
Uh, it, it does seem like it's going to be very scary and somewhat exciting. So I'm, I'm really anxious to, to see that episode. Well, speaking of that episode, that'll be episode eight. Then that will bring us into nine and 10. So it looks like 10 is once again what we are getting as a episode count for this mm. uh, series because it says that as of this sixth episode ended, only two more episodes to the two-part series finale. Interesting. And they have so much to wrap up. I, you know, of course, we we have the introduction of the the I'm not I can't place a number on it, the new doctor <laughs> or new old doctor. It, they're going to have to they probably won't wrap it up. But they're definitely hopefully will dive back into that storyline this season. I would be kind of disappointed if they didn't. Ooh, and then. Yeah. And, and then we have the whole story of what's going on with the master and Gallifrey. So uh, they got a lot to kind of at least sort of dive back into by the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, you've got Jack's warning of beware the lone Cyberman. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, wow. and, and go back, think of it. And this was in the trailer. We see this very looks like piece together Cyberman in the trailer. So yeah. we, we know we're going to see, and I'm assuming that's the lone Cyberman at some point. Yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely have a lot to get through. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just cliffhangers to keep us on board to the next season. So I didn't realize, and I, I came across this earlier this afternoon doing a little bit of research. I did not realize how many times finales since series one, the 2005 return series with the ninth doctor, how many of the finales have featured the Daleks, the Cybermen, or both? And it's more than I think <laughs> you would realize. Yeah. Uh, do you have numbers there? I or? actually, I actually have. So. The first season featured the Daleks, or the Master, I should say. So the three things, the Daleks, the Cybermen, or the Master. So Series 1 featured the Daleks. Series 2 featured the Daleks versus the Cybermen. Series 3 featured the Master. Series 4 featured the Daleks, but this time with Davros. Yeah. Series 5 had a large group of of enemies, but also featured the Daleks and the Cybermen. We depart from that in series six with Madame Kevorkian and the Silence. Mm -hmm. Series seven, we have the Great Intelligence. Series eight, we return to the Cybermen and the Master. Series nine, we depart and go with the Time Lords. Series 10, the Cybermen, the Master, and the master with you know, the mystery master misty combo. Yeah. Series eleven, of course, was Tim Shaw. Bleh. Series twelve, <laughs> the Cyberman. Assuming, hmm. assuming that it's the lone Cyberman. Yeah, that's interesting, and I think we can feel it too, especially when we go back to like last season when we talk about Tim Vader Shaw, Tim Shaw, <laughs> and and how different that felt. So maybe it's just like a staple of Doctor Who to just uh, come back around to these. These villains that we we know and love and, and love to hate, know. maybe. Yeah, yeah, and they just bring back the touchstone of what we love about Doctor Who. So interesting, interesting analysis, sir. All right, so I posed a question to you last night, just briefly, and I'm curious if you've thought about it or if it planted any seeds in your head. So I want to ask you this question before I give you my thoughts. Where do you think Ruth 
the Ruth doctor, as I call her, where do you think if she falls within the doctor's timeline, where do you think she falls? Yeah, I think I remember asking you, like, when do we depart from that classic, you know, the first doctor's TARDIS into something a little bit differently? And that was kind of my thinking at first. But we kind of concluded that that's not a possibility <laughs> there. So I really have no clue, none whatsoever. So what are you thinking about? All right. So it's pretty much been said, Chipnell has said that this is not a parallel universe doctor. So assuming that he's telling the truth, okay. that, that it's not a parallel universe doctor, that means that this doctor has to fall somewhere within the timeline. Now, the first thought that I have is, oh, well, she would fall pre-Hartnell, pre-quote-unquote pre first doctor. Mm -hmm. The only thing that breaks that thought is, how did the TARDIS be the police box yeah. before it traveled to, you know, 1963's London? Yeah. So here's here's my hypothesis. Perhaps she is an incarnation or still the second incarnation. And here's why I say that. Still the second. Still the second. And this would, this would make her still fall within canon. And I know this is a stretch, but just bear with me. So we get a snippet of the Time Lord that Gat that they were running from, who we referenced on last review that we did. Yep. We talk about the fact that she says it's an abomination for two Time Lords time streams to, you know, cross. Mm -hmm. That being said, it wasn't until 1973 and the three doctors that the first law of time was even for, you know, referenced. And I went back and I watched three doctors. And the quote is, the first law of time forbids him from meeting his earlier selves. Then when the Lord President at the time chose to provide the doctor someone to help him, which was another incarnation, the other, the other time Lord that they were talking to says, if you do it, be it on your own head. I'm assuming then that this Gat person would have fallen before the events of the three doctors so i go a little bit further back in time to the end of the war games when the doctor is put on trial by the time lords and then before his exile he is told you know your exile will, will begin and doctor it is time for you to change your appearance mm -hmm. now they did not say doctor it's time for you to go through renewal because that's what he referred to himself as having done when he changed from the first doctor to the second doctor. They mm -hmm. didn't say it's time for you to renew. They didn't say it's time for you to regenerate. He said it's time for you to change your appearance. We see the doctor basically spinning. They don't actually show the face change from the second doctor unto the third doctor. So what mm. if you changed his appearance? And made him the Ruth Doctor. And then it is the Ruth Doctor that then becomes the third Doctor. Hmm. Interesting. So, I mean, I, I think that's a good theory, but I still go back to like, you mentioned Gat up top. So why would, why would Gat be hunting, hunting 
the doctor down is kind of okay so what about this what if the doctor was given a or an assignment to do during this time between regenerations and the doctor leaves so remember she makes the comment of it's a job you know and i worked for her but it's not something that uh it's not the kind of job that you can run away from Mm -hmm. so what if they had the doctor doing all these different things that the doctor had to do before he became the third doctor and i say that because and i know this is a book but i read a bbc published you know bbc books published adventure of the second doctor in waterloo where he met napoleon and this was during the time he was the second doctor but it was during the time between the end of the war games and the first appearance of the third doctor in spearhead from space they had him basically off doing all these things as punishment before his exile began Interesting, interesting stuff. Interesting. It, hey, I may be so far <laughs> off that it doesn't even make sense, but it would explain why the TARDIS still look like the TARDIS on the outside and keep that doctor in the chronological order. I like it, man. I like it. That's one of the reasons we are here, too, is to theorize and speculate and all the other good stuff. So, hey, it sounds good to me. (laughs) And the best way to end that is to say anybody that agrees or disagree with us or with me, let me know. Let us know. We'd be glad to have some feedback. All right, Mr. Brown, are you ready to get into the review? Let's do it. All right, cool. So I think it would be appropriate for me to say at this point, if you have not seen Praxis, this is the sixth episode of the 2020 series. If you've not seen it, go out. Well, put us on pause. Go out. Watch the episode. Come back. Because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out and we are back to review Praxis. This is the sixth episode again of the 2020 series of Doctor Who. It aired first on the 2nd of February 2020 and it sees Team TARDIS visiting Madagascar, Peru, Hong Kong, and the bottom of the Indian Ocean. So summary review, Clarence Brown, <laughs> what do you think? Oh, man, there are so many things about this episode that I really loved. Um, I, I, I loved having the companions. Uh, well, at least Ryan go off by himself. And then, you know, Yaz and Graham team up. I thought that was pretty fantastic. And, you know, as well as the doctor doing some other thing on the other side of the world. I thought that all was, all was good. I don't know about the actual plot, though. Um I found that it was interesting and we've talked about this show being preachy before. I don't think it's being preachy, but then again, it's giving us this message, this environmental message about, you know, how we treat the, how we treat our planet and, 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 uh, and everything that surrounds that with this alien species landing here to experiment. So I think I really enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. You know, I I think it was a solid episode, but I don't know if I'd watch it again. (laughs) All right. So 
I think, and I agree with absolutely 100% of everything you just said. So I'm not going to repeat what you just said. I'm going to just say I agree with totally everything you just said. I will add to, however, and say I think this episode was harmed by Orphan 55. And what I mean by that Mm. is the fact that we had to go to church and hear about the planet and be preached to (laughs) by the doctor and be told how bad we are as people, seeing the same underlying message again so soon kind of immediately, and I'm speaking for myself, put me on the, oh, no, here we go again kind of thing. Yeah. So, so, so is Orphan 55 more about nuclear warfare and things to that nature? Or was it more, uh, you know, as we get this new episode that is clearly about environmental, uh, awareness, it, it made me go back and reevaluate or- Orphan 55. And, you know, at first I was thinking it was about environment, but is it more so about nuclear uh, weapons and things like that. I don't know. And it could be. And the fact that we cannot sit here and definitively answer your question says that Orphan 55 failed in its message if we don't know what that message was, other than we know we need to be better to the earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we certainly thought that the aliens on Orphan 55, and I forget the name, whether we actually call them, uh, may have been some uh, derivation of human yes. down the line. So I, I could definitely see nuclear, you know, you get the wasteland fallout type uh, scenario with, you know, with a nuclear um, you know, weapons being used or uh, nuclear waste and things of that nature. So I, I certainly think that's what they're going for. But again, like what you just said, it wasn't clear enough t- to us to have us purely uh, put that label on it. Cause, cause uh, honestly, again, like until this episode, I was thinking that episode was more environment than, yeah, than totally. nuclear waste or anything. Totally. And the fact, you know, again, on orphan 55 introducing this, well, you can prevent this future from happening. You know, it's totally not fixed. This is something that the place you just visited might not happen, but if you got to be better to the earth, yeah, yeah, it's a modal message for sure. So let me ask you in regards to a message, and I'm going to go back to a little comment that we were talking earlier where we said, and I think you specifically said, I wonder if we will see the Ruth Doctor again this series. Having said that, we ended, true enough, the last season, I mean, the, excuse me, the last episode with a lead in to this because there was three different things that were identified and they identified it and the, you know, the story ended. So we, I know we, you know, lead into this episode with the last of the last episode that said, it just felt weird that you get this big revelation and she's shell shocked and she's kind of literally again, shell shocked. And we go, immediately into this episode and we don't even talk about Jack. We don't talk about the Cybermen. We don't. <laughs> did you find that weird? Um, I, I think we'd have to believe that they didn't have time. Uh, ironically enough, they didn't have time to focus on those things. 
you know, they did mention it briefly in the in the last episode, but I think especially from that handoff from the previous episode to this one, we were primed to think that this current matter is of urgency and there's really no time to really reflect. We're going straight into this adventure. Um, you know, no break. We're jumping right in. Hmm. Okay. I, all right. I can, I can buy that. Totally. I can buy that. So let me ask you uh, something that I found interesting or weird. So I'm, I'm curious as your thoughts on this. We see at the beginning or one of the opening sequences that we see, there's this campground that they, these two women are going to. And it's like you're going to see this perfect place and you get there and there's trash everywhere. Yeah. What, what, what two Roman girls? You never heard of them? No, not, no, no. <laughs> I travel a lot. You know, I travel too. So, <laughs> but, 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 but. Oh, man, that has to be a heartbreaking thing to see. You know, we have Gabrielle and, and, and she's bringing Jamila to this place in Peru, if I remember correctly. And this is supposed to just be this beautiful site, you know, a secluded cove of this little creek or whatever. And they're coming to camp out there and just taking the beauty and, you know, of course, log what they do. And they just get there and it's a dump site. And if that wasn't any, any indication of what the rest of the episode would be, <laughs> uh, I don't know what is. But, yeah, that was a sad thing to see. And, um, yeah, it just kind of set us up for what we're going to get for the rest of the episode. Okay, so let me ask this. So they get to the campsite, and they've obviously been camping through probably better places than yeah. the the trash bin that they – God, the trash beach or the trash whatever that they come up yeah. to. Why camp there? Yeah, that's that's. There's a few things in this episode that were just like very questionable, <laughs> and that being the first, why would you camp in a dump? Yes, if you have any other option, you know they. Uh, I don't know. That's just a weird decision. And then it seems that Jamili, uh, uh, Gabriella is used to roughing it. <laughs> uh, cause they kind of alluded to that when they were in the tent and, uh, you know, Gabriella was like fast asleep and Jamila was like, you know, uh, you got me here. You know, I got, I don't want to be here. And she's kind of just kind of wondering out to see what's going on. But, you know, I'm thinking of it. And again, I am, I, I am someone who has never been camping before. So, you know, I would be in the category of I couldn't be, you know, out there sleeping. So I'll go ahead and admit that now. That being said, I, I don't get the concept of even if I am familiar with roughing it and et cetera and so forth, choosing to lay down in the middle for sanitary and health reasons. Why are yeah. you laying down in trash? Yeah. It's an adventure, man. It's an adventure. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, check, nah, no, uh-uh. All right, so speaking, you know, so we, we see the trash, we see that something's going on, you know, obviously something's going on. Let's move into talking about Jake, the cop who wasn't a cop anymore. Any initial <sighs> thoughts on him? Jake, I don't know if I liked his story in this episode. You know, we see him initially being the um security guard guy at the grocery store who's kind of 
you know, has the Napoleon complex. Or whatever. <laughs> he just wants to uh, pretty much uh, be full on 100 percent cop mode in this grocery store, which I thought was, I guess, at least got a giggle out of that of, of him tackling the guy at the very beginning. But it's a little weird because we of course we get to it, but we don't know what exactly is going on with him. And we see him at the bar afterwards looking at this, this, this screen where it shows the, the, um, the astronaut crashing back in the, back into the atmosphere and we find out he's missing. So I was a little confused on that whole thing before we got to the text message, because I'm like the, the, the news said they, t- they contacted his next to Ken or his closest of Ken and, you know, but, but, uh, Jake was sitting there apparently not knowing what's going on from what I got. Did you gather that as well? Yeah, that I he- get, I, yeah, I did not immediately gather that, you know, this was, uh, you know, that the two of them were married or anything like that. And I, I, I did not connect with the two characters. I, I don't think that they were played well. And I, and I don't think it was the actor's fault. And I don't think, you know, it was not their story's fault. I just don't think that the story fleshed out the characters enough to where I felt, I didn't feel a connection really between the two of them. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the only thing I can kind of garner from their whole relationship is that Jake may have been disappointed that his career wasn't illustrious as Adam's. Um, that might be the only thing I could get because I really, I really don't feel like I got a good explanation of, of why, uh, Jake has been kind of acting out in a sense. Mm -hmm. So I, I really didn't get that whole arc they were going for there. Yep. I agree. I saw less or maybe equal airtime and spoiler warning for series 10. I got better understanding and more connection between the character of the pilot and Bill Potts. Oh yeah, by far. Than by I did far. for these two. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, so I, I just think again, the actors did a great job. I mean, I loved you know, on a positive note, I did love and enjoy the conversation that Jake had with uh, Graham. Yes. Yeah, it was a good one. You yeah. know, and, and you saw some, you know, emotion, et cetera, and so forth. So I think that was well executed. I just don't think, and maybe it was the chemistry for between the two actors, you know, that you, I just didn't feel the chemistry between the two of them. And again, this is storyline dictated. The Adam character was pretty much incapacitated the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And and again they do things by the end of the episode with the him, you know, taking the spaceship back, you know, away from Earth. They try to do things to get, make us more connected to Jake, but I don't feel like I ever connected with his character. Maybe maybe even maybe I may have even connected with Adam a little bit more than Jake, even though Adam didn't speak much. But to me Jake, he just was there was nothing about him that really drew me to him. Good point. Very good point. So I have a question for you. You made a reference earlier about Yaz and you said that we'd get into it a little bit later because I've got some thoughts, but I want to hear your thoughts first on what's up with Yaz. Hmm. So of course we see where, uh, Graham and Yaz, uh, join 
join Jake there in Hong Kong and kind of help on that part of the adventure. But after the doctor has arrived to join them and they get ready to leave to go to the next leg, Yaz asks to stay back, which was just really weird to me. So if you look out, look at what Yaz has been into this season, we see where she was transported by the Kasavin in Spyfall. You know, she was away by herself for a little while. We see in uh, Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, she gets transported to the Scythra ship as well. And in this episode, Praxius, she is purposely going off and doing some pretty weird things uh, to make a discovery. She, <laughs> I, I just don't know what they're doing with a character. It just seems kind of weird. And even when she gets back there, back with Ryan and the rest of the gang, uh, she has like sort of a disappointed look when 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 um she finds out it's not a actual she's not on another planet but she's just on a spaceship. So I don't know if it's a I don't know if it's a uh, a thrill seeking mission that she's on, but I just feel like something is going on with her, and I I don't think she's going to last very long because mm. she keeps she keeps getting separated on these weird type uh things. I don't know. Hmm. So you want to hear my theory? Sure. It may not be a popular one, and uh, I'll preface with that. I don't think she is a companion of the Doctor. What? I think she is a companion, perhaps, of the Master. Mm, okay, you're you're doling out the theories today, so okay. So <laughs> hear this one. So. All right. So here's here here are my thoughts that swirl around where that comes from. So. The mass, okay, so there is a scene when they go, when the master is still O, where he and Yaz are playing the, um, crap tables together or whatever game that they're playing. And there's just, you know, it seems like a very good connection, you know, like, and it could just be actors having good chemistry, but that was the first thing that popped into my mind whenever I started thinking this was, Hmm, what if something else was going on between him and her? So my second thought is something you just mentioned. She was transported to where the Kasavin were. Yeah. And she is then transported back to Earth inside what we now know to be as the Master's TARDIS. That's how she was supposedly teleported from where they were, that Ryan lost her, to where the Kasavin were, then to the Master's TARDIS. Mm. Okay? The next thing is she has indeed, just like you said, been going off on her own. And we've been saying, good for yes, she's getting something to do this season. Next thing that I thought about is something that I want to bring up that I found that was odd. She goes back in for this device and she's looking at it. This is obviously an alien device. She's looking at it pretty much like she can, oh, look, I can read this and I can yeah. see what's going on. One could argue that she's got the TARDIS translation matrix telepathically translating. That mm -hmm. would be a good, you know, argument to debunk what I just said, but. She then decides, I'm going to hit this teleport button with this person. I don't know where I'm going. I'm assuming that I'm going to be okay. 
Maybe mm. I'm a chicken and, and, and I'll just say, <laughs> you know, cluck, 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 chicken. But I don't know if I would have done that, not yeah. knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. Not only that, when she actually gets on the ship, she's smart enough to tell the doctor that one of them leads to Madagascar and the other leads back to Hong Kong. The teleportation. Remember she mentions that? See, I did not. And I'm glad you mentioned that. See, that's yeah. an, how does she know all of this stuff? Yeah. I don't know if I'm, I'm willing to say that she's a companion of the master. That would be pretty intense if she was, man. <laughs> but, but I do think something is going on with her and hopefully we get an answer to it by the end of this season. All right. <laughs> so can I do one more theory that just make it even further out there? Go for it. She's another incarnation that's under the impression that she's not the doctor. What? Hey, it's out there. I'm just saying. I told you it was out there. So who do you think she is? The doctor. What if she's another version oh, of the doctor? No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now you're just being crazy. <laughs> hey, who would have thought last episode we would have a character walk up and say to the doctor, it's all come back to me. I broke the uh I broke the glass. It's all come back. Hello, I'm the doctor. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. There was a scene at the end where we see Jake and he sacrifices himself. The doctor then well let me ask you this. Did you think he was going to die or did you think he would be rescued? I very much thought he was gonna die. Yeah. And uh, to me, it's, I, I know why they rescued him. They tried to make it a perfect ending. But, you know, I, I think it would have been more of a sacrifice. It would have been better ending to have him, you know, sacrificed. <laughs> In a sense. I don't know. I just feel like the whole ending of this episode, not just, not just to mention uh, uh, Jake's uh, uh, sacrifice and rescue at the end. But then, like, we're back on the beach and it's like, oh, everything's great. You go, doctor. We got Earth now. You go. We got <laughs> Yeah, I just I just feel like too much of a happy bow on the whole thing, which I don't know. <sighs> so I was thinking whenever I saw this, I was seeing the Wonder Woman movie where Steve uh, Trevor is flying the plane and, and about to release the bombs, knowing that he's going to blow up. Or I'm seeing Captain America in the first Captain America movie, and he's about to crash the plane and knowing it's going to blow up. And, you know, I'm like, cliche anyone, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I guess maybe that, to me, like, underlines, like, you know, you know, I thought the episode was okay. But to me, the first half of the episode is really good. I loved it when we were jumping from place to place, you know, cutting back back and forth as we're trying to uh kind of discover what's going on, what this mystery is. To me, the worst parts is when everybody was together and we were just like in this linear type story with everybody in the TARDIS together. To me, that was boring. Agreed. <laughs> but it was, it was much more fun at the beginning of the episode when we were jumping around, going from place to place. And I don't know, I really love that. So what do you think about the concept, speaking of going place to place to place, the doctor, you know, we just talked about Yaz, but what about the doctor actually leaving people 
in different places. And I mean, as in not there and down the street and the doctors, you know, in the same time and place, but literally, you know, we'll come back and get you later kind of thing. I really loved it. I loved it in this episode. Again, like the beginning of the episode, I thought was really fun. I loved seeing Ryan uh, by himself helping Jamila. You know, she she patted him down, which that was pretty funny. And he, you know, he grabbed, he saved the, saved the earth with the bird that he picked up. So I really loved seeing him by himself. And I thought he did a fantastic job. I, I want, I want to see more of Ryan by himself because he's really good. And, you know, I kind of love seeing, uh, uh, Graham and Yaz together because Graham was being his normal kind of kooky self, you know, I'll say kooky, but it, it Yaz again being the ultra smart on top of it, you know, cop. Since, uh, sentimentality, uh, looking at everything and uncovering all the mysteries. So I, I love the team up of, of those two and Ryan being by itself. And, you know, you said the doctor out off doing her own thing, but it always seemed the doctor was there when they really needed her, you know. Good point. Good <laughs> they would point. call and then I love how they did this thing in the episode where you never saw her come in, but she just like appeared out of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> to help them. So I, I really love that we didn't have to have this big interest of the TARDIS every time she goes to, 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 to come over to help Ryan or help Yaz and Graham. Uh, she kind of just appeared out of nowhere, which I, I, I don't know. Something about that I really love. No, I, no, I agree. And, and, and I agree, you know, totally on what you just said. I like the fact and what I'll add to what you said about Ryan. It makes me notice that they use him for comedic folds to some degree. And I liked seeing him out of the shadow of the other two because he stood on his own and I thought yes. was a much much more interesting character than being the one-liner or between him and Graham or, you know, bumbling towards everything as opposed to Yaz being all together. You know, like we saw at the beginning where he says about, you know, I don't look like Hugh Jackman and such, which was a funny line, but still. Yeah, I mean, to me, this episode, I felt like Ryan grew up, you know, he was by himself doing his thing and he was kind of playing mini doctor there. He was, he was leading, uh, uh, Gabriella around to uncover this mystery. So I, I really loved seeing Ryan on his, on his own. And to me, he like did wonderfully. He's one of the, the perks of this episode, actually. Agreed. 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 But something we have not mentioned and it's the title of the episode itself, the Praxeus virus or the contagion or the bacteria or whatever the heck it was. What did you think of the explanation that they gave of what Praxeus was? I think it was, I really like, you know, I keep saying I like these in this episode, but I didn't like it as a whole all that much. Uh, but I, 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 I thought it was a good solid idea of these microplastics that are contaminating our water and everything else. You know, the plastics that can only be broken down so much, but they're in our bodies and we have this alien entity, I guess, that has contaminated these plastic or plastics or that are, that are drawn to these plastics, thereby being consumed by us and they are in us. You know, I, I, I like that idea and I do like the special effects they use for a contaminated person. I thought that was some of the best special effects we've seen in Doctor Who of how they are consumed with this, what, bone-like shell before they 
go into nothingness in a vapor. Um, so I, I really loved all that, but I just think the whole, the overall message put, put together felt kind of weird and maybe slightly disjointed in a way. So I, I don't know. I don't know. What about you? Ben? Yeah. See, I see. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the same with you. It seems like, I don't know if I want to say a case where the the writer had several different angles that he could have taken with the story and at the end said, oh, I had this story about them in Peru. Oh, I had an under base under siege story of them being underwater. Oh, I had this story about hikers. Oh, you know, et cetera and so forth. And instead says, oh, you know, this might be really cool if I just take all my ideas and put them together. It just didn't. While I loved them going all these different places, I, I just don't think that I, I got a good feeling of the whole second part. Like, again, like you said, because I don't know why that uh, person can't washed up to shore. I watched it two times and I'm still not <laughs> uh, clear as to why he washed up on shore. So their submarine was a attacked or because he said it got in there before we even knew it what got in there i don't <laughs> right and what was it it made it sound like it was a creature not yeah. a not a virus yeah and i thought you know at first i said okay well it's the submarine that's under the indian ocean because a uh, submarine but then it's the ship that jake flew that was under the indian ocean right Mm, no, it was, it was it was the alien ship that was under the ocean. I thought I yeah, could be wrong, but, but see, that's what I'm saying. If you and I can't sit here and definitively, after watching it two times, say what we thought that it was, is a problem with the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably so. Yeah, I have a curious question before we get into Lee's feedback. Do you have anything that? we have not covered or talked about that you wanted to talk about? Um, Again, like I just really love the, I love Gabriella in this episode and I love the idea of these, what YouTuber vlogger people going around the world. Though I do think she kind of got over her friend being killed a little too fast by the end of the episode. Yes. <laughs> she wants to go off the gas now. What, what you, your friend just, Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really enjoyed that part of the episode. Again, seeing the the companions kind of off in groups, I thought that was pretty interesting. And I don't know. I loved I loved seeing. We didn't we didn't even talk about Amira and Suki. I I really liked those characters. You know, though Suki turned out to be bad or evil or an alien. You know, I still liked their character up until then. So, um, there were so, again, there's a lot of strong things in this episode, but I think just the total package just kind of, um, is, is what makes it not that appeal. <laughs> cool. So for me, the only other thing that I did not mention before we get into Lee's comments and then coming back and we'll end up with our favorite scene and favorite quote. I've seen some people commenting about saving the guy in this episode and not saving Adric. And at first I was thinking, you know what? The doctor didn't save Adric. And, you know, that's kind of like a 
plot hole, but I went back and I watched the ending of Earthshock and the Cyberman fires his gun and he supposedly damages the TARDIS console. That is why the doctor did not go to the ship that Adric was on that crashed into the earth and destroyed all the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. He uh, instead could not because the console had been damaged. Mm. So just a side note there. All right. So we will be right back. We're going to listen to Lee's comments and we will be back after Lee's comments. Well, this is Lee Shagelford. I couldn't be with you guys tonight to talk about Praxius. So uh, as requested, I'm dropping in just a few audio thoughts that you can cut into the episode about it. I, I've got a lot of mixed feelings about Praxius. I, my feeling as I was watching it was that I was really enjoying it, which is uh, surely that's the goal, right? But I did have quibbles. And it's the kind of thing where as soon as the closing titles are rolling, you start rethinking it and I go, well, you know, so uh, it's once again, it's script. I think performances were fantastic. I think those locations, everything about it, the way these are being shot this season, it's just glorious. I love what the Praxius, um, takeover of somebody's body. I love what that looked like. That's genuinely horrifying. You know, so as a scary show, I mean, I, I'm thinking about um, something from the classic series like Ark in Space, where the exact same kind of thing was depicted by somebody having some bubble wrap on their hand, you know. Uh, so now it's fun to see what we can do with our contemporary uh, special effects and so on to depict the same kind of uh, horrifying takeover of somebody's body. But once again, with the script, it's just, it's full of plot conveniences, of problems being solved by coincidence, of really important things that get left unexplained. And in the end, uh, part of our big climax is going to be that the loser guy who has given up on life decides to sacrifice himself in a gallant effort to redeem himself and to save everybody else, um, which is psychologically the, the truth is, it's a really unlikely turn for people to make, but you know, in drama, we enjoy it. But didn't we see that in Independence Day? It is, it, look, there's a film from the 40s called Slattery's Hurricane that I remember seeing as a kid. It has the same, you know, convention. It has the same, you know, this guy redeems himself by sacrificing himself in an airplane. To, it's, and those are just the, you know, Independence Day and Slattery's Hurricane are just the two examples that jump to my mind. The truth is we've seen this over and over and over again. So when they all, they're running away from the spaceship and they stop and say, hey, where where is he? Well, I know where he is and I know where he's going and I know what he's going to do. And he's going to go out in a big ball of fire, right? Not in this show. We're going to actually save him too, which to me actually felt like a cheat. And the doctor says, well, I'm a romantic. What can I say? I'm a romantic. I like that, but how does that exp- – does that – what does that say about all the times when she didn't save somebody from certain death, you know, somebody who had a, a romantic partner, you know? <laughs> she wasn't a romantic then, I guess. Um, I don't know. It, I wanted to just love this 
unreservedly. And I, and the, the ecological message was less preachy than it was in uh, Orphan 55, but <laughs> there's no way that it couldn't be as preachy as, I mean, there's no way that it could be as preachy as uh, the one in Orphan 55. So uh, I, I made the mistake of looking at uh, reviews on social media and a lot of people were complaining about it, even though it was a lot less uh, preachy as uh, Orphan 55. But they, I don't know, they, they just still felt like it was too much and that they're tired of being hit over the head. When did Doctor Who get so preachy? And and they're, they're laying it all at the feet of uh, Chris Chibnall and... I guess that's fair. Well, actually, some say this is Chibnall, who we've seen from his other work, does not have to kowtow to uh, a, a politically correct agenda unless he's writing for the BBC, the famously left-leaning BBC. So what, what he's doing is he's trying to keep his job by uh, these positive depictions of uh, same-sex couples and uh, the, the pro-environment messages and, you know, let's do an episode about the, you know, the, the – the division of uh, Indian Pakistan. Let's do an episode about Rosa Parks. Let's, you know, and uh, so they're just scornful of all of that now, which th- that seems to go against everything that you would, uh, <laughs> you would, you would think that uh, an agenda should be about. But again, terrific performances. I really, this is one of my favorite uh, shows for Jody as the doctor, really. And what a great episode for Yaz. Yaz uh, gets to effectively be the doctor. Uh, and that's what we always, that's what I always enjoy in our companions. So I thought that was just terrific. I, I loved Yaz being uh, on her own and taking charge that way, uh, getting herself in trouble and she gets scolded by the doctor. And we all have to smile at the hypocrisy of that because she did exactly what the doctor would do. And we have to feel like, and the doctor knows that. You know, so she's kind of, she, we feel like she's kind of joshing with Yaz, you know, oh yeah, just, you know, get yourself marooned on an alien planet. Yeah. Um, and taking an innocent along with her, you know, <laughs> which is also something the doctor would do. I don't know. I just, it, uh, what I had been seeing when I looked around on social media, I looked around and seeing how people were rating this, they were either giving it a 10 out of 10 or a one out of 10. Um, there just was no middle ground on this. And I really am somewhere in the middle. But when it's all said and done, it was – I loved the pace of it. I loved just the look of it from start to finish. But I always felt like I knew what was going to happen. And I kept being right. I don't know. That's that's disappointing, isn't it? There's so much so much visual invention happening on screen. And it, for all of us who know how much effort goes into that – you have to go back to the question that I always have about movies and TV shows that fail just from my perspective as a writer. Why not make all of your mistakes on paper? You know, fix the problems in the script before you get out there and go to a location and, you know, build creature effects. And how about, you know, have somebody spending a hundred hours in a, you know, in a studio building things in the, in the computer. What, you know? Paper's cheap and it's easy just to, to, to sit with people and say, I'm not sure this works or, oh, that's a little predictable. Let's, you know, solve the problems on paper before you start shooting it. To me, that just seems like real common sense. And I, you know, I know I, I, I haven't always done it, but I still know it makes sense. I don't think they solve their problems on paper. I'm going to give this a three out of five. 
favorite scene. I really loved uh, Ryan getting patted down. And actually, this is my favorite line too. I, I, I just, I just love the whole scene of him having to convince, um, and now I'm blanking on the character's name, but anyway, you, you know, what I'm talking about, she's very suspicious of him and with good reason, you know, and he has to explain, this is who we are. This is what we do. So this is him kind of getting to be the doctor too. And, uh, and he gets frisked and then slowly that turns into her kind of sensing that muscular body under there. And she says, you work out. And my favorite line, Ryan says, yeah, do a lot of running, which is not only a great joke about him, but really sort of a meta joke about the whole show. This is really, you know, the <laughs> the continuity action throughout the whole series and always has been when I say run, run. So, yeah, do a lot of running. Anyway, that's all from me. Uh wish I could be with you guys tonight and uh, I look forward to being with you next time for whatever is coming i don't know anything about upcoming episodes so it'll be an adventure for us to explore together all righty so we are back and once again mr shackleford we cannot wait to have you back with us but favorite scene it's time for our favorite scenes the clarence brown did you have a favorite scene out of this hmm i think it would have to be uh it had to be when Jamil was petting down Ryan and she was like, oh, you work out? And he's like, I do a lot of running. So I just, I just thought that whole scene was funny and, you know, kind of cute at the same time between those two. So I, I really like that. My favorite scene and my favorite quote, since you just said that, is the whole scene with Ryan right there with the do you work out? And yes, I do. Or yeah, I do a lot of running specifically for the context, because we know anytime the doctor meets a new companion, look at Eccleson or the ninth doctor meeting Rose. The first thing he says is, hello, I'm the doctor. Run. Yep. Yep. Indeed. Final rating, Mr. Brown. Oh, I'll go, I, I, I yeah, get my ahead. favorite quote. Oh, I thought that was your favorite. Okay, so favorite oh, that's quote. That's my favorite scene. That's my uh, favorite scene. Uh, so favorite quote then, sir. Uh, okay, my favorite quote is uh, Graham. <laughs> and he has a little, I don't know, um, this little doohickey where he's following the uh, weird alien energy. He's saying, whatever's giving off these weird reading is on the other side of this wall. And then Yaz just like turns the thing around in his hand and she's like, you're welcome. And then he said, on the other side of that door. <laughs> so I thought that part was really funny because, you know, he thought he was he was doing his best to be, you know, a detective or whatever, uh, finding this alien energy and these energy patterns. And he was pointing in the wrong direction. So mm. I, I like that scene. I, I can I can very much sympathize with that. Empathize <laughs> even. <laughs> so final rating. And I'll start it off. I, I can't give this. I can give it a 2.5. Interesting. 2.5 because I would watch it probably again. I didn't disenjoy or, you know, I, I wasn't dissatisfied. And again, I think if I would not have been poisoned by Orphan 55 only, you know, three episodes ago or however many it was, if it wasn't for that, I think I would have enjoyed it maybe up to a 3 or 3.25, but I'm going to give it a 2.5 because it wasn't bad, but I think it just, it, it, it missed a lot on the mark and it left me thinking at the end of it, eh, I don't know if I like this as much, even though I did kind of enjoy watching it. 
So what about you? What's your thoughts? I think I'll land at a 3.2. Again, I think this episode had so much potential. I feel like the first half of it is really good. It's really exciting. I mean, for goodness sake, we get the doctor running on the beach and be like, hey, come help. <laughs> Which I'd laugh too, by the way. And I don't know. I, I think it just ultimately the story in his ambition to do so many things, I think it could have been uh, simplified a bit to be um, a little more concise and um, maybe had a better overall or clearer overall message, though I, I think it's pretty clear in saying environmental uh, waste bad. We need to do better. But still, I think the story could have been written a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know what, I, I as you were talking, I think you could have gotten – Rid of the the vloggers, even though I, I I do see they played a a role. Yeah, but if you yeah. would have just had the um, Madagascar cat two characters, and you would have had the astronaut and the cop two characters, I think you would have had more time to develop your characters. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, final thought that I have for you, my friend, is where else might you be found on the internet? Um, I will say if you are into Star Trek, you can check out the Discussing Trek podcast where we talk all about Star Trek, Picard, Discovery, and all that other good stuff. So check us out over at DiscussingTrek.com. Cool. Well, I would also point everyone listening to the Relativity podcast. We are in Series 5, and you can start all the way back. Of course, it's Series 1. Start at the beginning and follow it all the way through. It's an amazing story, but chances are, if you're a fan of this show, you've already heard us talking about it. So it's RelativityPodcast.com. So, Mr. Brown, this has been fun. It's been a while, long time, I think, since it's just been you and I on Discussing Who. Yeah, it's been a minute, man. It's been a minute. So this was uh, fun nonetheless. A lot of fun. Yes. So everyone listening, thank you for joining us. We are glad that you did. And tell everyone that you know if they're a fan of Doctor Who to check us out to subscribe to the show. Thank you again for your time. And we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. 
So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?